When I was seven, my mother took me and my sister to the Lady, all the way out in Brooklyn. In the 1980s, riding the subway to Brooklyn was like taking a two-hour train ride through a post-apocalyptic war zone. It was like living through the movie The Warriors. At the lady's apartment, my mother was being seen, and me and my sister were waiting in the living room. And I saw a Hot Wheels truck. It must have belonged to her son, and I really took a fancy to it. I put that truck in my pocket. When they were done, at that point, I knew I was doing something wrong. But the heist had gone too far. If my mother and the lady saw me take the truck out and put it back, I was screwed. And if I took the truck home, I was going to be really screwed. My grandmother would have beaten me once she found out. I had a plan, though. I would throw the truck away as soon as I had a chance. We get back on the train to Queens. Still no opportunity to rid myself of this truck. And then I shit myself on the subway. My mom was mortified. As we got off some, some stop for the cleanup, she finds the truck in my pocket and asks me where I got it from. And I cried and told her everything and begged her not to tell my grandmother. She said she wouldn't, as long as I promised to never steal a grin. I agreed. I also lied. Welcome to Broken Corners, a podcast where we talk about memories and try to figure out how we got where we are now. Uh, This week we're talking about guilt and the intersection with religion. Um, I'm Karen, and that was Armando. And, um, wow, okay, I have a lot of questions. Hmm. Um, One, why did you shit yourself? I, well, I I must have had to go to the bathroom. Um, That's fair. I, I think I was really nervous about this whole interaction about taking this truck. Okay. Um, so it was, you think it was nerves more than something physical? I mean, it was physical. <laughs> I mean, but um, yeah, I mean, you know how nerves, um, when you're nervous and you're anxious, they manifest itself into stomach pains and things of that nature. Mm. Um, I don't have that. You've never been so nervous you had to take a shit? No. Fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> I my I manifest it by um, shaking a lot. Oh, shake! So, yeah, like the nervous shakes. Yeah, I shake too. Then I poo. <laughs> okay, well, so that covers that covers the first <laughs> question. Um, wait, but who who was the lady? You went to see the lady. The lady. Who's the lady? The lady. Well. You guys know about uh, every every Latino has a person they see um, to help them out with, I don't know, spirits and things of that nature. Um, So, I don't know, you can call it Santeria or things, you know, so you would go and, you know, they would see visions. You know, there's always someone who sees visions. Okay. And, you know, by word of mouth, their gift gets around mm. and um so you know there's always like um you know a trusted person you know there's always <laughs> i don't know it's kind of funny but there's always a trusted person you go, oh this person's really good because the stuff they say comes true okay which you know so and it's usually you know it's kind of like the old lady in the matrix yeah uh it's kind of it's exactly that setup okay. it's it's you know, which is when me and my sister saw The Matrix, we were like, holy shit. Um, Wait, but did you say when you started the story that um, your mom took you and your sister to see the lady? Yes. 
Why was she taking you? Um, I think she would take uh, her kid so the lady could look at us and see if everything is okay. Okay. How, how, what was the timeline? <clears throat> how far out could she see? I don't know. I never really um, interacted with this woman. Okay. And um, I don't know... You were too busy casing the joint. I really was. That truck was... You know, much like the PSP story, though, I had no interest in that truck when once the guilt hit. They didn't make you give it back? No, we were already like somewhere in between Brooklyn and Queens, which there is nothing between you Brooklyn and Queens. You didn't save it for the next checkup? No. So I we just threw it away and hoped that no one ever found out. Yeah. And it was also like shitty. <laughs> okay. So, um It's so funny to me that um that you were begging your mom not to tell your grandma. Your grandma was sort of the enforcer. My grandmother, yeah, I was everything was my grandmother. I mean, she was pretty much the one who raised me when my mother went to work. Okay. So I would never want to be um I would never want to disappoint her. Yeah. So even like yeah, everything stemmed from that. She she totally was the She's like, yeah, even my uncles, like, who, her sons are like, yeah, you know, like. Yeah, they were like, scared of her, too? Yeah, you, you, you basically, um, you get a badge, like, being raised <laughs> by her. <laughs> she was pretty tough. But she was also very loving, so. Yeah. Was, you know, but, yeah, that was the fear. Um, and she's the one, I guess, probably why I have, I always feel guilty for things. Even yeah, if I didn't do, do you? Anything. Yeah, I have a guilty, like, conscience all the time. Like, yeah, do you feel guilty about anything today? New memories. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I'm, I'm sure I do somewhere if I really think about it. Um, nah. Did your Did your grandma believe in Santeria? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it's funny because um, it's one of those things where it's like uh, we were raised Catholic. Uh, my grandma. It was very important that we went to Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, she um, also took part in these things. Yeah. So, you know, every well, year... Yeah. I mean, Catholicism and uh, I mean, yeah. other religions often blend really well. Well, yeah. I mean, Santeria is the slaves using the, the you know, the statues and finding the, the commonalities in those statues and bringing it back to their own religion so they wouldn't get their asses basically beat right. by the like slave gave them an outlet that yeah, so like, was you close know, enough to... Yeah. Your main dude looks like my main dude, so I'm going to pray to your main dude in front of you, but I'm really play- praying to my main dude. Right. Or a woman. I'm not sure which, you know, what it is. Okay. Is Santeria um, specifically Puerto Rican, or is it no, I mean, islandy, or? I think it is islandy, for sure. It's, yeah. it's um, I'm in, my knowledge is not too, I know what we had to do, like, as part of, like, rituals. What did you do? Like, so every, you know, and I think this is not just, I mean, maybe it's other, uh, I don't want to call them dark religion. I don't know what to call it, but any other religion. Like, like voodoo or Hindu Yeah, like voodoo. Or? Like, yeah, like religion similar to Santeria or voodoo, or I don't know if voodoo is um, a pejorative term. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I, I don't think so either, but. Um, There's probably a more specific term for the yeah. people who practice it. Yeah. So, um like every year we'd have to take a bath, what they call a baño, which is basically to um, like cleanse yourself of all for the new year. Yeah. You just go into the new year like clean. Um, and what was in it? Like a lot of, um, you know, do you ever you seen the botanica, those stores? Yeah. So they have like all the weird, they're not weird, but they have like 
things that smell floral. I don't like any of those smells. So, like, it's all those things that you would buy in there, and then you'd pray over it or something. I'm not really 100% sure. Okay. And then, and, you know. So, then, they were, like, particular, like, herbal mm-hmm. um, dried packets just, that were, you know, for specific yeah, just a blessing, mixture of, sort yeah. of? Yeah. Just a mixture of things, and basically, um, you before midnight, uh, every year as a kid, you know, my mom would say, here, here's the bucket, go. And then you do it. You basically stand nude in the shower and pour the bucket over you. And it's always, for some odd reason, it was always so cold. Yeah. And you just sit in there and then you just, you know, you, you, I don't know if she'd say, say a prayer. I haven't done it in a long time. And then you'd come out and then you'd smell like those, like, um, weird old herbal. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, those, like, like old lady sachet. Patchouli. Um, what's that other one? Um, the, the tree one. The, you know, the, just really sandalwood? Uh, no, but something like that. Yeah, you know, oh, what's always have that, sage like, type smell, like powder. In it. It's always powdery. Yeah, so that was this one thing, and just like. But w- wait, what day of the year was that? December thirty first. Okay, like uh, New Year's Eve. Oh, okay. So like, if, you know, you had to do it. Like this was this was like a ritual. You had to do it. Yeah. Um, and I always found it funny because you know it was. And you never just pretended. No, because what if it's true, right? Like. You know what I mean? Like, there's always, I'm hedging my bets. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what if it's true? Um, and that's, you know, like, oh, okay. So, I mean. I only ask that because I used to, um, I used to make up sins for confession because I wasn't going to tell them what I really did. Yeah. Because I didn't want them to have that knowledge over me. So yeah. I would make, I would say something that I thought was like, not even things that I thought. I I knew I was still going to get penance, right. so it wasn't even to get no well, penance. You, you had to, but it was to just be you know something that I felt like was reasonable. Give me give me an example. Give me one example. So it's, oh, I fought with my brother. Yeah. I was jealous of what he got for Christmas. Yeah, you know, as opposed to you know, I felt absolutely murderous. <laughs> <laughs> hey. To your brother or the... Yeah. <laughs> okay. I didn't see... I didn't... I was not aware that was what was going to come out just Yeah, now. we're still recording. We're still recording. <laughs> yeah. I didn't murder him. I never tried... Mm. Oh, I... Well, I whacked him over the head with a little shovel one time. But that's... That's sibling. He had that coming, though. That's sibling rivalry. I mean, my sister threw a knife at me once. Yeah. So, I mean, you know... It's with, it, yeah, it's on with siblings sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. You have to get... Yeah. Because you don't... And I always find it funny, too, how... You know, you don't have the gender lines that stop you mm-hmm. um, with siblings in the way that's that true. you do with other people. It's yeah. just on. Yeah, I mean, I could remember like really like fighting my sister, and my yeah. sister could fight, yeah. and I remember her like punching, and I'd punch back. And then when I got older, I felt kind of like you know I pulled my punches. Yeah, because I didn't want to like she was like a hundred pounds. Like I didn't want to okay. like. It just escalated with us. But, you hit him but with I'm a an escalator too, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, th- I, yeah. You look I, more well, like because steps. I don't, what? You look more like steps. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I mean, if, if things get physically violent, I always feel like that's ridiculous. And so then I'm just like, well, then let's do it. <laughs> like, let's step it up. Right. Um, and, You've mentioned this before. Uh oh. You have. Are we recording? No. Um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, that's because you, you just think that it's never going to get there. No, it's not. Be- well, I mean, it's something. It's something my dad taught me that if um, it's not right to it's not right to hit people. 
But yeah. if you have made the decision that it's what needs to happen, that you do it like you mean it. That's good. That's that's good. Um, and so, I and but and also I had a terrible time. I mean, I still probably have a temper, but I don't. I don't really let it out that much. But when I was a kid, um, no, I don't know. I mean, I was really little. My I had this little. Um, you know, it was the early 80s, so they still had dangerous things for little kids. Like, I had this this little gardening tool set, and it was metal. Mm. It was the same thing as an adult would have, except it was for a four-year-old. For tiny hands. Yeah, and so <laughs> I had... I had my first bike and, um, and I still had training wheels on it, but I'd only had the thing for maybe a month and a half. And my brother who was three years older than me right. just was like relentlessly teasing me about it. And he, um, kept like running out and trying to push me off my bike. Mm-hmm. And so I put the bike away. I went and I got the shovel out of my little new gardening set. I waited at the end of the driveway behind the trees. And when he rode down on his bike, I ran out and I hit him over the head with the shovel. Wow. Yeah, he had to have stitches. Um, (laughs) And they took away, they took, I thought I was going to get B10. Right. Just, I thought I was going to get beaten into the ground. And, um, but with all the hullabaloo of taking him to the doctor. You got away with it. I got away with it completely. And, uh, but they took away my gardening set. Now I need you to say ten Our Fathers, uh, <laughs> one act of contrition, and right. nine Hail Marys. And when I did that, I was you know I was still three or four years away from confession at that right. point, but I would never have told the priest that. Never. Actually, one time my brother, <laughs> uh, he had confession, and the priest was just sort of shooting the shit with him afterwards. And it was this old priest, Father Hegner, and he asked, um, he was asking about my parents, and he asked how old my dad was. Which I don't know why you'd ask a kid how old their parent is, but he asked, and my brother told him, and he gave my brother like all this penance for lying to a priest. Oh my god! And then afterwards, came out and met my parents and was just like, "Hey, kid, I'm sorry about that." Oh well, he apologized. <laughs> <laughs> he could have done worse to him. Yeah, it's true. It's very I, true. I actually, you know, it's, I think that's probably a rite of passage because I remember doing the same thing where you just make up the thing because you were actually terrified of telling and you're a kid um most of the time you've never really done anything wrong yeah you know it's just something really stupid and uh so i would lie as well so until when i was i think i was 20 um and i was dating she must have been like 19 but she was going to get confirmed Mm. and i guess Um, she needed a sponsor, and I guess I was the only Catholic person she knew who'd been confirmed. So she asked me to be her sponsor, and I said, okay, because um, I'm 20. And you were, you were confirmed. I was confirmed. Yeah. And, you know, I she was kind of my girlfriend at the time, so... I, for the first time in my life, I said, I want to take this seriously, because I had to do confession prior to the her going and doing us partaking in the uh, confirmation. Yeah. And I had to do confession and I said, I'm going to say everything. (gasps) I'm going to be honest with the priest for once. Um, So I said that, um, that I had premarital sex Mm. and that motherfucker (laughs) was the, like the worst, um, like, you know, like not like just so judgmental and angry and mean, 
And I was just like, no wonder why everybody lies to you and no one ever tells you the truth because you can't handle the truth. Yeah. And even, and basically they're not equipped to be guiding and and, and loving or, or, you know, someone who can actually counsel you properly on life because they're not really living life. Uh, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, it, it, is that too harsh? It's not, I mean, it, it's, I don't know. It's not a hundred percent for me, but it's, yeah, it's very strange to have people whose life experience does not include sexuality. Right. Be counselors for people who that's, they're taught by the church that those people are representatives of that. Like one of their primary functions in the world is their sexuality because that's, you know, their duty to God and to the church and all that. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it does. It doesn't make, I mean, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't ask a guy who'd like never changed a tire to tell me whether or not I, you know, was changing my oil correctly. Like right. it doesn't make any sense. That's true. I mean, how did you get to Catholic school? I know how I got there. Get there. Like, what, what? Why did I end up there? Yeah, like why why'd you guys why'd you go? Well, so my mom my mom was Catholic. She was okay. raised Catholic. She was raised so Catholic that I might have said this before, but her mom told her that um the devil was in the basement of the Lutheran church. So they had to cross the street when they walked down that block. Like that's how Catholic they were. It was just hilarious because Lutherans are so close to being Catholic. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's the same. They even, yeah, they come yeah. to steal our Eucharist sometimes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so my mom, my mom was Catholic. She even was a nun for a short period. She just didn't uh, get past the initial vow stage. Um, and so when she and my dad met and started dating, he was going to this charismatic church that was very small, and they got married in that church. Uh, but then, as so often happens with those kind of churches, it disbanded. And so by then, they'd had my brother and I, and so when it was time for us to go to school, they thought that the Catholic school in our town was the best school. Right. And so my mom just browbeat them into allowing us to go there without mm. paying tuition. I don't know how. Oh, And um, so we went there, my brother all the way through eighth grade and me through sixth grade. Wow. Yeah. So that's how I got there. But what was funny was my dad was not the tiniest bit Catholic whatsoever. Right. He agreed with the decision to send us there because he thought it was a better school. Um, But from, you know, when in Catholic school, you know, you have religion Mm -hmm. class. Yep. And my dad, he never said anything was wrong. Um, He never disagreed with anything, but I'd come home and he'd be like, Oh, hey, what'd you learn today? And then when it got to the religion class part, I would say, they told us this. And he would say, oh, okay, do you think that's right? (laughs) He never said it was wrong. He would just ask me what I thought about it. And he would ask me why I thought that. And so if there was something where a hole in my knowledge was revealed, he would say, oh, okay, well, maybe you should ask them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so I would go in... I would go in, and it was especially around fourth grade. Mm-hmm. I remember we had, um, there was this young brother who, he, you know, he was on his way to becoming a priest. Right. And so part of his, it seems like, penance was they were sending him over to the, um, to the school to um, teach religion classes. And I would ask him questions, and he just, it, I just tortured that poor guy. I mean, he was probably like 23, <laughs> And I just remember him looking over at the teacher and mouthing, <laughs> literally mouthing, like, do you know? I don't know. 
Um, and the teacher didn't know either. The teacher didn't know either. And I don't remember what I was asking, but... Um, Heathen. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, it, it was good, but it... Um, I don't know if my dad intended it, but that's what carried over for me across the board in that I don't, I don't believe things based on who's telling them to me and I consider them for myself and, um, and I definitely don't think he meant for me to eventually reject his beliefs because I considered them for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's what ended up happening. Was he like straight up Protestant? Like. He was, um, I always say charismatic, um, like his, so like fundamentalist church essentially. So, um, he, he had had a personal revelation mm-hmm. of God. And so, um, he believed in literal interpretation of the Bible. Right. And the denomination didn't particularly matter as long as he felt you know, that the individual pastor had integrity and was, you know, doing a literal interpretation. But he didn't like the Catholic Church. No, he thought it was just all about idolatry. Like, when we would have, like, the, um, the, is it May Day? Oh, God, I don't know. But the the festival for Mary, the big mass for that. Oh, yeah. And we would, in the church I grew up in, there would be, uh, it was a huge church. It probably held seven or eight hundred people. And, um... We'd have these masses, and in you crown Mary. I think it was the third graders got to do that, right? Um, and he just he absolutely thought that that was that was idolatry, that that was putting a crown on, on someone who yeah yeah. I mean that's the, that's the Protestant uh, thought against Christianity. You're praying to a statue or whatever, not yeah. praying to actual you know, false right. gods, basically, right? Yeah. So, but in that whole. That whole, you know, the statues and sort of the fetishes, not sexual fetishes, obviously, but, you know, like all of the different items um, that go with Catholicism, all the bobs and whistles, that's part of why it blended so well with um, with other religions yeah. as part of colonization. It's true. Um, I like to look at it like a corporation. And you can't always speak to uh, the boss. Wait, wait, you, you liken what to it? Religion? Catholic, Catholicism. Catholicism. So you have, you may have some saints who are like middle managers or, you know, like, so then you all, so then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, St. Michael, right? You're like, oh, St. Michael, uh, can I speak to your, your manager or your so boss? So this is, if I remember correctly, this is the theory of intercession that you... What do you mean? That's what they call it, which that <laughs> yeah. you, that uh, the Mary, Mother of God, will intercede on right. your behalf to you know Jesus or God or the saints right, will right, intercede. Right. So yeah. this is this is how we have to look it's at it. It's calling in favors. Yeah, so I don't. It's very New York. It's I got a guy. I got a guy. I, I got, got a guy. guy. You got a guy for that. My guy. guy will help you. Yeah, and then you start praying. You're like, hey, Saint Michael, the Archangel, defend us in battle, and you say that prayer, and then all of a sudden, oh, it's like a phone call. Like, hey, how you doing? And he's like, oh, hey, what's going on? And he's like, well, you know, I got into something. Can you tell God to like, you know, I hope she's not pregnant. And he's like, all right, I'll see what I can do. And then he takes it up. And sometimes, you know, because God's busy. Yeah. You know? Is that, that's how religion works? Well, yeah, that's how, <laughs> that's how the theory of intercession works. I'm not sure about the end results. Okay, here's what never has made sense to me about prayer. Whether it's prayer directly to, to God okay. or prayer to anyone else to intercede for you. Gotcha. Why, why is it that... Uh, Okay, say you've got cancer. Yeah. Say 
your hypothetical brother has cancer. Okay. But so, not not even the two of you. I'm not going to even put it on the two of you. Say, other people pray for your hypothetical brother and don't pray for you because maybe nobody knows you have cancer. Right. So the God responds to the prayers of the people who prayed for your brother and not for you. Correct. <laughs> okay, that's uh, that's. No, I don't. I don't think it. I don't. I don't think it works that way. Uh, I just think that. Um... Wait, are you saying that's not what actually happens? No, I. I, I don't. <laughs> or that that's not how people feel it happens. I just think that people just keep you in their prayers, right? I don't want, I'm not a naive Catholic. I don't really, I'm not trying to seem like. But it's not just, it's not just Catholics. No, I know, or a naive uh, Christian. Um, But. And it's not just Christians. I think that, uh, or a naive religious person. Oh, no, I just think that that's how religion works, right? Because it's really selfish. (laughs) And and it's, you know, um, I pray for all of my people that I'm close with, but let's not worry about those children who are currently locked up right now in texas right yeah so i mean and so it's tribalism of course right human beings but it doesn't even but right and i'm okay i'm doing what i always tell brian to stop doing which is i'm like why you keep saying this isn't logical and then you argue about it you know it's not logical so zippo the lippo no it's okay you can open it up because otherwise it it is what it is (laughs) (laughs) but um but it doesn't even it can be. Oh, this was what I was about to say, so I'm going to say it anyway. So in that scenario, you might be part of the tribe, and they just don't know that you have cancer. Yes. Why do you have to ask? Why do you have to like? Why in? Not even you. It's not if it were the idea of you personally must be humbled. Right. To to the power of the deity, I could kind of get behind that. But the idea of just, oh, somebody needs to ask on your behalf, and then the deity will respond. Sure. It just does, it doesn't make any sense. I, I, and then people always follow it up with, well, that must have been God's plan. Well, that is prob- that's problematic on a whole other level. But I, I don't believe in, like, that stuff doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So whether it's God's plan or not, or whether, you know, if you believe there's a God or not, I mean, so I don't really, I guess, and not to dismiss it, I'm just saying, like, I can't see how it works. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't see, like... And if it makes people feel better, that's fantastic. Yeah, like, there's 10 people praying for, like, is it a scale? Like, now, is there a system? You got 10 people praying for for Peter, but we only got five people praying for, for Timmy. Well, Peter's going to make it and Timmy's not. We all know it doesn't work that way because Timmy might make it and, and he only had five. But maybe the quality of the five people, you know, like you can start like dissecting. What's the formula? Yeah. And I don't think there is one. I just think shit happens because shit happens. And, um, you know, I don't know. And it's, lo- it's lovely for people to express support as a community. It's I mean, also lovely if they express it in physical ways that actually help in the moment. Well, prayer is cheaper than anything you have to do, Right. So it's cheaper than a monetary donation, it's, but it, or time, right? So like, it's easier to just I pray for him. Didn't make it. Yeah, it's God's plan. No, I don't know. I, religion's funny, but I, I I think I've said this before. I do appreciate people having faith, and prayer, I equate to uh, meditation. Yeah. So I I think that kind of works on that level. Um, I don't I don't know. If, 
I don't know if anything really works. And one of my things is like it would really I don't know if I think it would make me sad if um if there if there is a God and he is listening to one person's prayer over another. I thought you were going to say if he's listening to this podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> Rate and subscribe. <laughs> Please, on iTunes. No, I mean, so, like, all the suffering in the world, and, like, you were, like, listening to just these people, but the people who are severely suffering. Like, I mean, like, some shit that we don't even understand, like, suffering. Right. Um, nobody's answering those prayers, right? So, that, I mean, that, I, I, I that fucks with my belief of anything, but it's, like, like, so, and then you find out, oh, God is real. I'm like, well, what the hell? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, there was some really shit going down. Yeah. Yeah, that's always a hard one of the, is he, he, that's great. Is God omnipotent mm-hmm. and uncaring or not that powerful? Um, or not there. Right. Or just like. Not good at managing, because I know a lot of people who are terrible <laughs> managers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just like. Do you know the Peter Principle? <laughs> no, maybe I do. It's um, it's that you could everyone is promoted to the level of their incompetence, and there they remain. <laughs> yeah. So. Like you could because you always get, you keep getting bumped up, and then eventually you're at one step higher than you can actually pull right. off, and so yeah. then you just stay in the job that you're not actually able to do well. Yeah. That kind of hit close to home. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, and, and something that uh, was driving me insane. I don't know why. I mean, it's bothering a lot of people. It's not just me. It's, it's what this idiot said, uh, Sessions, about the biblical rule. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, ah, like you're, you're not even getting your own religion right. Nope. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, like, what are you doing? Yeah. I, I, yeah. No, Brian and I were talking about it, and I said, I mean, how about suffer the little children to come unto me for such as the kingdom of God? Right. You or, know? Or, like, like they, the, the, this, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. But not even that. Like, to the point where he even half-assed reading the Bible. Like, he never got to the New Testament. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it's just, it's, 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 it's just something... And then on, the, on, not even about the... They ought the, to put a disclaimer. You know how they reordered the Chronicles of Narnia books? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is garbage. Right. But this, I think, is a great idea, what I just had, which is there ought to be a disclaimer at the start of the Old Testament right. that says, warning, contents of the New Testament will supersede a exactly. decent amount of this right. content. Yes. It's, so maybe start with the New Testament. Right. Read the Old Testament for context. Yes. Because <laughs> in the Old Testament, there's no J-Dog either. Right, and I, I think I think what what they what people cling on to is this very paternalistic patriarchy that's so there in the Old Testament versus more of a socialistic viewpoint in yeah. the New Testament. Well, the Old Testament is it's people who were literally tribal. Mm-hmm. It's not just people acting tribal; it was people, right? You know, in in very very small communities. You know who Louis Black is? Yes. The, the comedian? Yes. Yeah, the great joke about how the Old Testament is not for Christians. He's like it's it's for my people, like he's Jewish. Oh. So he's like stop trying to interpret the Old Testament. He's like if you need an interpretation, go seek a fellow Jew and he's like they he's like believe me gladly they will <laughs> tell you all about it. Um so yeah, he, and he, he's he's right. He's like 
you know, you're clearly like butchering the whole thing, <laughs> like you know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I well, get. I don't know. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say because we had originally been talking about sort of the intersection of guilt in yeah. religion, um, and Judaism made me think of guilt. Yes. <laughs> um, did you? I remember you telling me one time that you actually sort of had a shoplifting thing. I going did, on. and I and I ended my story by saying I lied because um, throughout my teen years, me and my good friend Fred, we just um, what the kids call boosted. Yeah. We went and we would go to Toys R Us, Home Depot, and just shoplift a lot. Really, this is not your limitations, right? It's over, right? I have <laughs> um, no idea. Well, Toys R Us is closed now, so. Um, but I never felt guilty about that. Okay. I think the thing that my what I got from the what story, was the what was the age? Uh, probably so seven and six, probably maybe nine, ten years. Okay. I also stopped when I turned 18 because I didn't want to go to real prison instead of juvie. Oh, wait. So you did this from the age of nine-ish to mm. No, it had been a 10-year gap. So it probably been when I was 15, 16, 17. Oh, okay. So, um, but what I got from the story was that, or from my, what I, what I did, the promise I made to my mom, I did keep and the point that I would never steal from a person. From a person? Yeah. Okay. I, I would... I gladly steal from a corporation <laughs> store <laughs> because they're not people, right? Although now they legally are. Remember? Oh shit! Damn it! Yeah. Well, I don't steal anymore. Well, you don't steal. Anymore. <laughs> so, you don't steal anymore. I don't steal anymore. Yeah. Uh, wait. What made you? Was the only thing that made you stop was the the legal ramifications? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and my friend Fred, I got caught. Um, at Home Depot, and uh, I wasn't with him that day. Uh, he stole an inner tube for a bike, and um, they called my mom. He didn't want him to call his mom, mm. so he had him call my mom, and she got him off the hook. And they just sent him on his way, and that was it. We were done. Like, that was, mm-mm. Yeah. It was just enough for her to know. Oh, so yeah, well, she then knew. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't, it was, I don't think she remembered our conversation when I was seven as much as I did. Yeah, but, but she, she had but a general no-stealing stance. I mean, she knew that we, we were um, not a good bunch. What did you do with the stuff? Uh, you sell it, you keep it. Okay. You know, like, and your mom never noticed you had the stuff? Mm-mm. No. Because <laughs> like, when, when I was a teen, my mom never really went in my room at all. Okay. Like, it was just I had my own privacy. Yeah. So, Or maybe she did, and I didn't know. Maybe she was really good at it. Maybe she was stealing from me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, I don't know. Well, did you do anything in your teen years that like went against, like made you feel guilty or went against anything that you, like your personality or some sort of? Um, I mean, I never, I don't know. I've never, I was never really, I didn't steal stuff. Uh, this has only been, I, I think one time on the island, there was a night where, it, around Halloween, where we stole some pumpkins and stuff. Okay. Um, but the, I don't know. My whole thing, I don't do bad things um, a lot of the time, not because I have a huge moral issue about it, but it's because I can't picture 
how it would go down if I actually got caught. Mm. Because I can't, I can't picture what I would say. Mm-hmm. If somebody flat out said to me, you know, like say that pumpkin that I stole. Right. Did you steal this pumpkin? And I would just be like, yeah, I stole that pumpkin. I, I, have, I don't have a leg to stand on to tell you why I did that. Um, I don't know. I'm not saying like I don't, you know, speed. Oh, my God. I, okay. Spe- you know what? That's something I feel guilty about. That you just lied to me right now? I, no, <laughs> not, that I, not that I lied about that. That, um, oh, lying. Okay, we'll go to that one too. Oh. But we'll start with speeding. I when I was when I was in college because I didn't have a car before that. Right. Oh my god, the speeding. I mean, I'm so lucky I didn't kill anyone. What kind of speeding? Like 20, 30 miles, 10 miles? Like what were you doing over the limit? Uh I mean, my car wasn't probably going to go over 100. Right. But I my whole thing was you go as fast as you can. <laughs> <laughs> Until you hit something. Yeah. Like, I I mean, because I grew up in the country. Right. And, I mean, it was very curvy. It was very hilly. Um, there was a ton of deer. I'll ride, you know, running out of the road all the time. But there were, there were turkeys. There were all kinds of stuff. But still, it was just, like, the cops weren't an issue. Mm. And that was, so that was my whole thing was, there's no one, I'm not going to get caught. So I can just drive as fast as I'm capable of driving. And, um, then I, yeah, there was, there were, I think, I don't know if it's when I definitively stopped doing it, but I was driving along, I had this, uh, 83 Delta 88. So that thing had a V8 in it. I wish I was a guy. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a guy, but I don't know shit about cars. Okay. So <laughs> I don't need, I don't either. All I know. Okay. So a V8 was essentially the, you know, the, the biggest engine. It right, was, you know, know, gas yeah. guzzler. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it could really go, it had great pickup and I was driving, I think it had to have been when I was dropped out of college. I was driving between these two towns and I was going, I don't know, probably, probably 30, 40 miles over the speed limit. Mm. And I looked over cause there was, there was a, um, a bunch of horses in a field. <laughs> I looked over and when I looked back, the car in front of me had had stopped mm. to make a left turn. Holy shit. And so I hit my brakes way too hard. Ooh. And so I I didn't hit anybody, which I'm so grateful for. But I spun I spun across the opposing lane of traffic into the front yard of this house that also had a business. I hit the sign for their business so hard that I broke it. Wow. And ended up stopping three feet from the wall of their house, and they had children. Jeez. Uh, and it was a stone house, so that was good. But um, but that definitely, yeah, that, that you, put it. You wisened up. Yeah, because I, I just had never put that together of there will be things, circumstances that you can't control. So you can't yeah. you can't just rampage and assume your reflexes and whatever your ability is right. is the only thing to factor in. Right. Somebody might make a left turn in front mm-hmm. of you and you looked at you looked at a fucking field of horses and so you know, so that was that was bad. And I had to pay them because it was a um the post for that sign that I broke, I had to pay him like three hundred bucks for it, which I did not have. Right. Um so that that definitely Wipe that out. And then the other thing, my, my teenage thing was lying. 
Lying. Yeah. Not yeah. To who? Um, With my (coughs) because my mom was so was so strict. uh, The I just never would have been allowed out of my house other than for school, church, and choir practice. Had I not lied, and so I would. So she was right. I wasn't, but I wasn't going to go do anything bad. I just Mm. wouldn't have been allowed out of the house, literally. And so, so what did you say? What were some of your lies? Like you were going to? I mean, I would say that I would say that I had to um, stay after school to work on um, when I was on the paper, you know, to work on things when I didn't need to. Right. And I would just be there instead of at home. Or a big one was I would say once my friends had cars, I would say I missed the bus. Um, so that they could give me a ride in. Right, right. Until my mom finally told me if I did that one more time, like I was just going to stay home. And I was like, no, thank you. Hmm. I would rather take the bus. Um, and yeah, but the thing was, it. I don't know how old I was. I was probably, it was near the end of high school mm-hmm. that something came up where my mom asked me a question and I lied to her about what had happened. And then when I went in my room, I was like, I don't even know. I don't even know why I said that. I didn't need to lie to her about that. It just became second nature. Yeah, just that I I was, you know, it was just so habitual. Right. Um, and so I didn't like that. And I decided um, it, I, I decided it was okay to still lie to her, but that I was never going to lie to my friends. And I don't know. I'd say more white lies creep in in the last five or so years <laughs> than before. But that was, a, that was a thing for me for a long time was right. I don't lie to my friends. I mean... White lies are good. Sure. I mean, because sometimes you don't want to hurt people's feelings, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, I mean, I think those are the lies that, like, Jesus is like, go ahead, rock on. Don't hurt that person's feelings. Their yeah. dress looks lovely. I think I do more convenience lies than I used to in recent years. I mean. Because, really- I, because I have boundaries more than I used to. What are, what is it, what's a good, like, give me a convenience lie. Uh, no, I can't think of any that won't need to be redacted off the top of my head. That's good because that's very convenient and alive. <laughs> so, um, that was pretty good and pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, I, 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 I can lie really well. I'm not, I'm oh, not, yeah. yeah, I'm not a, like, yeah. Um, that's probably something you shouldn't say on a podcast. Probably. But yeah, it's it's okay. Tracy knows that I'm really good at lying. Um, yeah, it's just I don't. I only lie about things that I don't care about. So like it's like ah, eh, it's fine. Like I'm just gonna be like ah. Eh. Yeah. I don't really like to lie to people, but like it's like something stupid. Like if it is a white lie, I don't care. Like yeah. Like yeah. Or if like I make up something like because I don't want to like go out to that night. Oh, fuck. Like I'm not hurting anybody. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, so sometimes it speaks to the to the friendship, to just how close you are, whether or not you can just say the truth and have it be okay. True. That's right. That's right. Sometimes, because sometimes, like, that's how I am with my friend Rob. I'm like, we make plans. I'm like, you down? He's like, nah. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Like, right. I don't give a, like, I don't care. Like, I'm not. Because I, I know it doesn't mean anything about right, our not, friendship. Yeah. yeah, I'm not insecure within our friendship and it's fine. I, I, I don't. I don't care. And I'll see you next week. Unless, you know. Unless you hate me now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's about time we start wrapping up. Do you have any memories this week? 
Oh, I did make a new new memory this week, which is um, my friend, my best friend from um, middle school and high school came to visit with her husband and cool. another you never couple. I I don't think I have, um, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, she came to visit and. Uh, I met up with her, with another one of our friends, and we did karaoke. Mm. Um, cool. Brian sang every Hedwig song ever. He does that. He does he that. Loves He's, that good yeah, He's, He's good at it. He's good at it. He just loves it. Yep. And um, I sang that L. King song, X's and O's. That was really fun, among yeah. others. I can't sing it. We don't have the rights. Um, but um, no, it was awesome. And then. the words. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's uh, X's and O's would <laughs> yeah, be like Z's nice, and P's. Sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So, but it was, it was great. We got to, I got to hang out with her and her husband and, uh, and then after that we went to Excuse My French, which is Excuse My French located on Orchard Street. 96 Orchard. It's 96 Orchard Street. 96 Orchard. That's right. You got it right this time. Uh, it's very, they have new cocktails. Do they? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I drank, I had this one that had, uh, an apricot liqueur. Oh. That was crazy good. Yeah. Um. Did it like, what was it you had said? Prior to us recording? I don't know. Something of a peel, pa- uh, panty peeler? Panty, it was not panty peeler. I mean, <laughs> if you drink enough of them. Yeah, if you drink sure. enough of them. Uh, no, it was just really nice. And I i don't know. New York is so beautiful right now. It's, it is. The weather's so oppressive here so much of the time. And it's just been really nice the past couple of weeks. It has because it doesn't know if it wants to be summer or fall or spring. Yeah. So it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Well, that's good. So, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, please find us on iTunes. Uh, SoundCloud, SoundCloud. Stitcher. Stitcher. TuneIn. TuneIn. Maybe others. But all of that, uh, all of that is on our SoundCloud page. Yes. We also have an email address, which is brokencorners at gmail.com. You can reach out to us there. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. So if you want to share any memories on this topic or others, feel free to get in touch and uh, we'll get back to you next week.